the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, it's always great to talk with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management on Money Monday, but particularly so today because of the news that First Republic Bank is now um, no longer. I mean, it's been acquired by Chase Bank. It is the second largest bank failure of all time. So it's great to have Josh's normal Money Monday visit with us here on The Answer. Time up with that news event. You can get a hold of Josh and his team at Aptus. And boy, with the volatility out there, I can't think of a better time to get a perspective on saving for financial independence, growing your wealth. Their number is 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. That's to set up your free no-obligation consultation. You can also make that appointment online at their website, which is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. All right, so we talked Friday on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show about First Republic Bank and that it was in trouble. Uh, now over the weekend, it's failed, and... They had a lot of money, just like Silicon Valley Bank, Josh. They had a lot of money in deposits that were above $250,000. So I guess give us, let's do the 40,000-foot view of another bank failing. And when one fails, then that raises the fear that, oh, my goodness, a lot more are going to fail. Yeah, no shortage of uh, of bad information and conflicting information at that. You know, on one side, we have the Fed saying that they have failed in the run-up to Silicon Valley Bank, and now... You know, the subsequent bank failing, Chase comes in, swoops them up, and Jamie Dimon simultaneously says, the worst is over. This crisis is over. We've we've got it all licked. But I think, you know, you and I and the rest of the world is very concerned as to, you know, is this the canary in the mine? Are there more to come? Or is this just two isolated incidents, right? But ultimately what is happening here is banks are loaning out money, um, and, you know, taking deposit or money and turning around and investing those dollars in bonds. And in a rising interest rate economy, uh, there's an inverse relationship between bonds and interest rates, meaning as interest rates rise, if you need to sell a short a bond short of the duration, you end up getting hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what banks do is take your deposits, turn around and either loan those out or invest them. <clears throat> and when the economy was doing well and interest rates were really, really low, the only way they could earn a yield was by going out a little bit further than maybe they would like to, but in duration with bonds, but that's coming back to bite them. And the question is, how many banks are in the same position? Yeah, and I wonder here, I mean, I'm just going to read you a little bit out of the USA Today story on the failure of First Republic Bank. It says, before Silicon Valley Bank failed, First Republic had a banking franchise that was the envy of most of the industry. Its clients, mostly the rich and powerful, rarely defaulted on their loans. Uh, so is this just caused by a panic? Like they had, you know, people got nervous and they went in and they took a bunch of their money out and their stock price, which was $147 a share on February 2nd, Friday afternoon was all the way down to $3.51. So something caused a bank that was in supposedly great shape and the envy of others to free fall, and now it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I'd like to say that it's one isolated thing, but ultimately it's an amalgam of a lot of things. But you can see that 
when it rains, it pours and it picks up steam, right? And that's what ends up happening with these banks is you have maybe one little, you know, red flag or one little, uh, you know, significant depositor goes, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable for whatever reason, Bruce. It could be, you know, maybe they know something or maybe they just want to pull their money out of the bank and then insert a little bit of uh, sprinkling of the economy looks like it's on edge, sprinkle in a little bit of Silicon Valley Bank. We've already seen what happens there. And then throw a little bit more on of, you know, interest rate risk at the bank level. And then when people start pulling out money, obviously it has an impact on the stock price. It has an impact on the overall bank uh, vitality to bank. People start hearing more things. It starts picking up more speed. And all of a sudden, it's just a train that left the station that you can't stop. And, and you know, the hope is that this is an isolated couple of incidents, and this is not a systemic issue. Uh, but I think, you know, you say that on one hand, and then on the other hand, you can't ignore the fact that we still have 5% inflation. Mm-hmm. The Fed still says it wants to get it down in the twos. And an ol- the only way they can do that is by raising interest rates, which could potentially, not to cause panic, but exacerbate the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult needle to thread and uh, underscores the importance of having a fiduciary, somebody who's legally obligated to do what's best for you as a client, to have them on your case. And that's what uh, Aptus is, is what Josh is, a fiduciary, 614-917-1040, is the number at Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. It's not far from 23 and 270, easy to get to. They service a lot of their clients remotely, so if you're outside Central Ohio or uh, Western Ohio, they can definitely help you out. Contact them on the web to set up your free consultation. Their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And when we talk on Fridays, we have talked for you know better part of a year about the volatility out there and about the conflicting headlines, too. I mean, it's it's not even a consensus that exists. You know, uh, I'm looking at a headline this morning, Wall Street Journal. Big tech earnings spark hope that the worst is over. Then they do the little subhead under it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, wow, well, good. The worst is over. But then the subhead is... Shares rise on better-than-expected results, but growth lags behind what Microsoft, Amazon, and Google did in the past. So, hey, here's the good news, but oh, it's not as good as it was in the past, and maybe that's bad news. Well, I mean, there's no shortage of conflicting information. As we were, you know, I, I got in the office this morning, and I look at, uh, you know, money and all these different sites, and on one hand, you'll see Elon Musk warns, you know, he's not an economist, but warns that, if he can, just by the sheer volume of companies and business that he does, check the temperature of the economy, it certainly looks to him like the economy is slowing. And then right next to that, it says stocks teasing all-time highs. And then right below that, it says, you know, Fed uh, admits it's made mistakes and could have uh, thrust the economy into recession. And right next to that, it says the worst is over. I mean, it, it's, it's remarkable. And I think what this points to is although I don't think that much has actually changed. I think, you know, as we get older, Bruce, we like to say, well, when I was a kid, things were this way. But if you look at charts, uh, you know, economic charts over time, we always have difficulties. We always have periods of panic. Uh, We always have issues uh, geopolitically uh, around the globe and then domestically with our own uh, economy happening. However, what's changed is the amount that is thrown in our face. Mm-hmm. And then we are left to interpret that information. And what has changed is in the past, we had these fallbacks of, well, I got a pension, I got Social Security. And now both of those things are under attack. Certainly, you know, 90% of people don't have pensions in the United States. And Social Security, you know, we hear in the headlines, well, in the 2030s somewhere, 
it's going to quote unquote run out of money. So can I even count on that? All my money has to be invested in some way. And I'm not a pro. I don't know what I should be doing. We have this conflicting information, rising interest rates, the list goes on and on. What should I do? And I think all of those things point towards, uh, one, having a calm head, but two, getting a thorough understanding and education as to what should I be doing, buying into that plan so that you can stay the course and not just flip-flop back and forth without ever achieving what you're trying to achieve with your money. Yeah, absolutely. The unders- it underscores the importance of having a plan, and I would suggest uh, one great way to start and just to familiarize yourself with these kinds of situations, folks, is to listen to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Friday night's at 7. We replay it Saturday at noon here on The Answer. Josh and I talk about these uh, news developments in the headlines and strategies to deal with them. Uh, Josh is a pro. Aptus is a fiduciary required legally to do what's best for you. They offer a free consultation to you, no obligation, 614-917-1040. And their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And all this volatility and these conflicting headlines, I'm sure, spark a lot of uh, conversations with your clients who ask you, what what do you do? And, uh, you know, how do you respond to that? And uh, just give us a flavor of, you know, what the... uh, what the level of discomfort among clientele is right now, because uh, you know this is this is not something people can afford to get wrong: is their retirement savings and their retirement investments. Yeah, I think it's so important to be diversified, and I know that sounds like a catchphrase that we hear over and over again. And for many of you, it probably just sounds like, okay, great, my graph has to have a bunch of pretty colors in it to make sure that I'm I'm diversified. But there's more to it than that. Um, there are times when certain investments are in favor in times when others are out of favor. However, it's very important to have that diversity of investments. Think about, you know, these banking issues that we're talking about. Well, if the bank had the ability, which in many cases they do not just because of regulation, but if they had the ability to be better diversified rather than holding most of their assets in just, you know, bonds, for example, uh, then would they be better off with this interest rate risk? Of course, the answer is yes. So, you know, is it important to have stocks and bonds and CDs and gold and commodities and all these things? Of course. Is there a a reason that maybe you should look towards, in some cases, annuity contracts? Of course. Uh, But what you find in these times of panic or turmoil or economic hardship is people get very polarized and very committed to one of the many asset classes because of something they've either, either read or there was, you know, something that came across as an educational piece, which was really just a way to sell whatever, you know, product that particular piece was trying to sell. And I have lots of conversations with clients saying, you know, I got to run to gold because it's all going to collapse. Or I have to run to CDs because of the volatility in the market. I'm going to lose all my money. When in reality, those should be parts, not the whole of the overall structure of the plan. Great advice. That's what you get from Josh and his team at Aptus, 614-917-1040, to set up your free consultation. They're located in Lewis Center, and Josh will be in Friday for the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Look forward to seeing you then, my friend. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. So a couple weeks ago, I happened upon, uh, on social media, uh, this powerful poem by what I presume to be a uh, woman in Northern Ireland, Great Britain, or Ireland. Uh, I've now gained a little bit more insight into it, this uh, powerful poem. And let me just play you a uh, snippet of it. The name of the poem 
is called I Am Not a Dress. Women are not simply what we wear if this offends you. I do not care. And this is not a an adult woman. This is a 14-year-old girl. Uh, and she wrote this incredibly powerful poem. Now, look, I don't think the woman is a Christian uh, because some of it is, um, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, foul language, but it's not, I wouldn't want my daughter writing this or reading it, okay? But it's bold in its testament to the fact that the transgender ideology out there, that men can be women, women can be men, uh, is a lie. It is a lie. Well, late last week, uh, I heard this woman, this young woman, uh, as a guest on Megyn Kelly's podcast. And as you might imagine, this young girl, she's 14, has been subjected to incredible hatred, pressure, school administrators, fellow classmates, everyone. She's standing firm. She's standing firm. And at the end of their interview, Megyn Kelly and this girl on the Megyn Kelly podcast, uh, Megyn Kelly asked this girl about using preferred pronouns. You know, that's all the rage now. Uh, my preferred pronouns are itsy bitsy boop, whatever. And Megyn Kelly asked her if in an effort to be kind to other people, uh, does she agree to use their preferred pronouns? I want you to listen closely to this 14-year-old girl's answer. And then in particular, what Megyn Kelly says at the end. There are a lot of people who say it's discourteous. You know, it's not about truth versus real, uh, you know, non-truth. It's about being kind, being considerate of somebody. And that leads me to your line. I am not an idea in any man's mind. And my purpose in life is not to be kind. So what, what about that? You know, the, well, what is it, what does it hurt, you know, to, to just be kind and not offend somebody by saying their preferred pronoun? Because it's a lie. And we've, like, since when do we affirm someone's delusion? People have always had misconceptions about who they are. Take, for example, people with anorexia. We don't tell them that they're fat because it's not true. So we shouldn't tell men who think they're women that they are women. And what and, if you met but, a trans person who said, oh, I'm, I'm a woman, you know, it's a, it's a guy who says, I'm a woman. And he's sitting right there with you at, you know, a table. Would you, would you use the pronoun there? Like, how would you handle that awkwardness? If I was talking to him, I probably wouldn't be using she, her or he, him. Yeah. Anyway. But if I had to use a pronoun in his presence, I would still use he, him. Because I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to bend at all on this. I admire your courage and I'm working on finding my own in the wake of conversations like this. Working on finding my own. That's where I want to start as we endeavor to end this show today on an encouraging, uplifting note. This young girl is 14 years old. She's on an island alone in a country where this is even more the accepted viewpoint than it is here in this country, which is alarming how much it's accepted here. And she's fighting the fight by just doing what she said. I'm not going to say something that's not true because here's the danger. 
If you bend to the lie of transgender ideology, that men can be women merely by saying so, women can be men merely by saying so, how then do you erect a figurative or literal wall between the person who you just called the male, who you just called she, her, how do you figuratively or literally erect that wall that keeps them out of a woman's locker room, a woman's bathroom, a woman's space, a woman's sport? How do you do that? You can't do that. That's why you can't give an inch. I say all the time, the left never holds a victory party. They're always pushing, always pushing for more. They don't stop to celebrate. They just keep pushing the envelope. And we're at this point in time because we've made so many concessions to the LGBTQ movement over the years. Just tolerate us. Just accommodate us. Became just celebrate us. Just a gay pride week, gay pride month. Now it's everywhere. We'll never ask for gay marriage. Oh, actually, we would like gay marriage. We'll never ask to adopt kids. Actually, we would require you to allow us to adopt kids. In the beginning, you'd never say that oh, they're, they're going to eventually campaign for men becoming women, women becoming men, and, and then they're going to eventually tell you that men can uh, menstruate and men can uh, breastfeed or chestfeed. Eventually, they'll cut the healthy breast tissue off young girls. Eventually, they'll cut the genitalia off young boys. You would go, that's great. Come on. So what's encouraging is that more people are standing up for truth. It's very easy for a Christian to stand up for God's truth because we're compelled to. And also because if you don't, you're basically allowing mortal man to be God and create themselves into whatever they want to be. Idaho passed a law late last week making them the 12th state to ban the euphemistically named gender-affirming care. Uh, nearly two dozen more states are considering it. Ohio's considering it. Do we have the leadership from our governor, speaker of the house, to get it done? I don't know. In Idaho, they make it a felony to provide hormones, puberty blockers, or other such items to people under the eighteen under the age of eighteen, and they criminalize doctors who prescribe such treatments. So, as Christians, we got to find our voice on this to be true to God, because we got this fourteen-year-old girl over across the Atlantic, and now we have. Uh, the founder of the rock band KISS, Paul Stanley, over the weekend, who said this. Again, these are non-Christian people who are coming up and taking the criticism on these kinds of things, and we have got to support them. Paul Stanley said there's a big difference between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as though some sort of game and then their parents allow it. There are individuals who, as adults, may decide reassignment is their needed choice. That's extremely sad. But turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative or believing that because a little boy likes to play dress-up in his sister's clothes or a girl and her brothers, we should lead them to steps down a path far from the innocence that they were born with? Many children have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experiences are caught up in the, quote, fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as. Some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. Yeah, it is a sad and dangerous fad. And as a person of faith, you have to see this for what it is. It is a demonically inspired effort 
to remove the authority and infallibility of a holy God. And that is something that no authentic Bible-believing Christian can ever, ever be a part of in any way, shape, or form. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.